It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM if you're listening in the Boston metro area, or maybe you're listening on the app, WROL Radio. Uh, you can uh, you can find us on the app, or you can find us on, I guess you can tell your smart speaker to find us, too. Uh, we are uh, got a lot of stuff today. We're gonna, yes, you can do that. Yeah, you can. You can do it by going to... Um, by simply saying, Alexa, enable AM 950, the Spirit of Boston skill, and then listen to WROL on the Spirit of Boston simply by saying, Alexa, play AM 950, the Spirit of Boston. That's really it. It's, I can't just say, hey, Alexa. No, you have to set it up first. It oh, can't just. All right, fine. She's, uh, it, it might be smart, but it's not quite that smart. That's smart, all right. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be. It will be. You can train it. Yeah. Yeah, we can train it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with us, uh, going to be joining us momentarily, is David Ankin. He is the inventor and star of the hit TV show, Toy Makers. And I don't know if you've seen his show, but we'll talk to him and find out what's going on with that program, how it got started. Uh, it uh, They built some really interesting stuff over there. We are also going to be playing some trivia today. Uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're going to do a car review of a 2019 model Acura, and the trivia will reflect around that review. So we have a, we have a lot of things going on today. So um, we're going to have going to have a lot of fun today. So so we're going to be going to and of course we're going to be taking your calls and questions and comments about everything that has to do with cars and uh, just about everything. So. And like I said, uh, with us on the phone is David Ankin. He is the inventor and star of the hit TV show, Toy Makers. David, good morning and welcome to Boston. David? Yes, sir. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? Good. Uh, your, your show is... Uh, one of, uh, I, you know, somebody said to me one day, uh, the channel that your show appears on is like uh, the uh, the food channel for car geeks. <laughs> that is so true, I promise you. Yeah, I mean, it's all kinds of stuff we had, uh, uh, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's custom building shows, racing shows, all kinds of things. But tell us, how did Toy Makers start? How was what, what was the what was the concept behind that, and how how did you get going with it? You know, realistically, you know, most of my friends and myself were all car guys. So, you know, bike guys, car guys, we're just gearheads. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I really never wanted to do television. We always built our own toys, couldn't afford to buy them, so you had to build them. And uh, it just slowly evolved over time where it's, all my friends did television and you do a couple other shows and before long you, you get sweet-talked into doing a show, but... Um, you know, probably the, the most humbling thing I've ever done, and then probably the, the hardest thing I've ever done at the same time. So, 
Yeah, and uh, you know, you you said you know some of your other friends have done TV shows, and you sort of you sort of fell into that. Um, uh, you know what? What was what was that like when the first time you appeared with somebody else? That must have been that must have been sort of interesting too. And uh, you must have, you know, I, I guess a little nerve wracking at the same time, right? Yeah, you know, I don't. I think anybody that loves themselves uh, on camera is 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 odd to me. <laughs> I, I, I still can't watch myself. Uh, um, I, I tend to, especially because you do four, five, six, seven takes on something and. So the you do exactly what the director wants to see. So you tend to be a little over the top, a little excited, and, and uh, you know. So for me, I, I can't stand to watch it. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm the biggest cheeseball on the planet. I love what I do. I'm passionate. I love everybody around me. But by the time it makes the air, they got you out so over the top, and I yeah. realize they're looking for ratings and stuff. But I, I yeah, I can't watch it. I literally can't watch it. No, you, you're, I wasn't aware of this. You're a former stuntman. Yeah, you know, I've done a lot of playing over the years. I'm an old man now, or at least what I call an old man, because my body hurts most of the time. But, you know, I'm 54 years old. There's nothing I can't drive. All my friends to this day still either play on stunt bikes or cars, and we drive about anything. I get to play in the theme parks as I was growing up, playing Batman and that kind of stuff. Yep. and. You know, it was a great life as a kid. You know, you're making good money. You're going to do on Batman. You know, it's, it yeah. was always just fun. So, um, you know, and as you got older, you kept you out of trouble too. You're all playing in a in a park, being legally able to slide around the corner or jump something without getting in a bunch of trouble. Yeah, you get paid to do it, so it was fun. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can, I can only imagine how that how that worked, and you know how you were able to, yeah, not get not get arrested doing things that the rest of us would probably get arrested to do. <laughs> well, you know, it was different 20 years ago. You used to be able to play, and the worst thing that would happen, you'd thank the police officer not to bring you home and tell your dad. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's about right. So so these days you start the day with a couple of Advil and, uh, and, then, and then go on and build some cool stuff. Yeah, pretty much so. You know, the difference now is I've gotten smarter and wiser. I'm in a beautiful, beautiful town, that, and, and the county really accepts us. And so if I want to go act up now, I'll call down the police department. we got a couple specific roads they like to block off for us, and we get to play on. And instead of just going out and doing something and hoping there wasn't a police officer, uh, you know, we've learned to, to work with them, you know, and it's yeah. really been a plus that, you know, the sheriff's department's great. The, the fire department's great. I think in my opening season, I drove through the fire department and did donuts in front of the police department. So, you know, that's that. You know, that's a dream come true for a kid. Yeah, I can see. I can see how that really would be. And um, has you know, you've built a lot of crazy stuff over the time. Is there anything that when you got done and you took it for a ride, you went, "Holy crap! This thing's just scared the hell out of me." No, I haven't, and, and it's funny that you know, every year that's our goal, and I'm going to achieve it this year, I <laughs> promise you. Every year, you know, we've done some pretty crazy stuff, really light, really fast, but you also you build it with the intention of, of you know that it's right, you know that it's safe, you know that the gear you put in it, the safety equipment, the chassis, the suspension, the brakes are right, so 200 miles an hour doesn't scare you, but... I, I tell you, what we're doing this year is so over the top. I, 
I, I'm, I'm actually, for the first time in a long time, it, the car we're doing for the season finale this year, I think, is going to make my hair stand. It makes me my hair stand up sitting, and it, we haven't even drove it yet. <laughs> well, that 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 sounds great. And uh, your your business also, you know, part of your business. I mean, besides being, you know, the 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 TV celebrity, your business is building cool stuff for other people, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, ideally, you know, the shop's got to make money. So you got to take, you know, I, I'll call it OEM calls, a standard Mustang Camaro call. It doesn't matter what it is. You throw a pro charger on it, a turbo on it. Maybe just maybe just tune the car. Maybe throw an exhaust and suspension and brakes. We do it all. We're one of the few, you know, big shop. I, I, I like toys. I like cars. I like bikes. You name it, we build it. And then for the show, I try to do one or two way over-the-top crazy things, and then do a bunch of OEM stuff. Yeah. Try to do a little bit of everything. Now, if a, if a company came to you and wanted you to build some over-the-top cars or truck or SUV and sort of had an idea in mind that would reflect their business, is that the kind of stuff you do, too? You know, yes, and that happens all the time. But the downfall is, for me, is, is time. It, we're so busy all the time, and the show, we've been fortunate enough to show that's done that for us. So I, I, I'm handpicking what I want to do, and, and, and ideally, if a, if a company wants that, they're looking for advertising. So you try to throw that into a show, even. You know, if you get a, a particular company, and it doesn't matter who it is, and say, hey, build this. If I can build the show around it as well, it's a win for both of us, because that's what they're usually trying to do. Yeah. Now, how long have you been? How long have you been doing the Toymaker show? Uh, we're going into season three as we speak, and uh, big news coming out that it, it hasn't even been released yet. Uh, nobody knows this, uh, but we have signed. We're changing. We've been number. We've been just killing the numbers on Velocity the yep. last two years, and uh, we're moving to the History Channel. They got a new drive block coming out. It's a big deal. Uh, the drive block kicks off uh, in February, and we're leading the pack. It's going to be in 150 million homes between them and FYI. Um, we're all over the place in foreign sales. We're on Amazon and in iTunes right now. It's it's crazy the ride that it's been, and we have an app out there now, Toymakers app. You can download for free and submit your ride. Social media has been off the deep end. Uh, I'm excited about the next couple of years. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, you know going from going from Velocity, which is which is a cool channel, which is which has also just recently been sold, right? It has. It went to Motor Trend. They they merged with Discovery, and, yep. it's a, and listen, they, they've been really good to us. I'm still friends with everybody over there. It's, it, but as you grow, you know, their viewers. Not everybody has a Velocity channel, right? And then I love Velocity channel. Everybody has the History channel. Yep. Yeah, five million homes alone on history. So, you know, by the time I rerun the run on on FYI, I mean, it, it's such a big step that uh, it, it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited.
Yeah, you're right. I mean, Velocity is a great channel, but it is an HD channel only, and some people that don't have yeah, HD aren't going to have it. Um, you know, I, I I know, you know, Wayne Carini from, you know, kind of down the road in Connecticut and, you know, does really well with his, you know, Chasing Classic Cars show. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, Brian Loans from uh, Put Up or Shut Up, he's got a great show on Motor Trend now. And I, I said to him, yeah. what's going to go on with that? And he was telling me that... Uh, they, they've been editing his show down to 22 minutes, and I said, well, it sounds like it's going to go right over to the new uh, broadcast network. And he said, well, they haven't said it yet, but it seems suspiciously that may be the case. So, you know, so... The, yeah, uh, you know, but, yeah, everybody's changing with the times for sure. I mean, and, and, and that's exactly what they did. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's exciting to see where all of television and the digital networks are going. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, you know, Dennis... My producer is a cord cutter. He he he's uh, he's got no well. I guess he's got cable in his house for internet. But uh, but you know, and he watches. It's all destination programmer for him. He he finds what he wants, and then that's how he watches it. Which is uh, which is again getting more more and more uh, popular with different people. So it, it makes it makes the choices. And I'm such an old guy. I remember that, you know, here in the Boston area, we had, we had three networks and a couple of UHF networks and you weren't constantly scanning for 300 different channels to, to look around on. Plus now the millions of other ones. So, you know, moving your program to the history channel is, is really a cool thing. And, you know what? What was your favorite build? You must have. I mean, I guess it's like trying to pick your favorite kid. But what's your, what was your favorite build? You know, I always tell everybody the same answer. I haven't built it yet. No, um, all right. I, I'm in the middle of it. Uh, you know, everything I do has got sentimental value. I, I am the one guy, in my opinion. Our shop doesn't build just diesels or just Dodges or just Chevys or just or just uh, cars that go to the auction. We do it all. I, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of a turbo uh, Harley Davidson. I got boosters. I've got you know Shelby Mustangs and Hellcats, and we're doing a 41 Willys Coupe, a 32 Ford. We're doing a a, a brand new one-off off a napkin drawing car. I mean, um, so for me, you take my GP car. It was absolutely incredible. It's a three-quarter scale GP race car. Yep. The it's awesome. But then you go to my 41 Ford. And it's got a NASCAR, you know, a cup car drivetrain in a 41 wheel, I mean, in a 41 Ford truck. So it's, I'm, it, it, that's really hard for me to say because I go to every end yeah. of the spectrum. Yeah. Is, yeah, one, of, is one of your favorite things, though, when you're just like, you know, sitting down with a beer and a, and a piece of paper and a pencil and start to go, you know what, I think this would be kind of cool, or is it when it's more elaborate than that? No, you're exactly right, and that's exactly what I do. You sit down, you've got a napkin, or you sit down with a motor and a set of tires, and as I'm pacing the floor here, I'm looking up, I've got a motor and two tires sitting there in a tape measure, and we start marking the floor, and, and, and I can start building it in my head, and as it comes together, the exciting part is when my team starts seeing it in their heads where yep. I'm going. That's probably the most, until you actually fire it up and roll it out for the first time and put my foot on the floor. Um, you know, but it, yes, it's to see it come together. That, but but about three quarters of the way through, just a little bit ready to finish it, I'm already concentrating on the next build. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, 
it's 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 a blessed thing to be able to do what we do and and live the dream, if you will. Yeah, no, no, it it sounds it sounds phenomenal. It sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm willing to bet that when you get in your latest build, whatever it is, and you turn the key and you fire it up, you still get chills. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't matter what it is. Absolutely. The smiles of the team around you, the smiles of the, the brand you're involved with. And, and then, honestly, you put it in gear and roll it out. Even even the police officers that block the street, the first time you roll it out and the ground's pounding and, and the tires start to roll over, because I am sort of a, I'm a gearhead. So, yep. I mean, I'm, I'll stand on it. And the first time you lay two big black marks, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, it's it sounds great. Uh, the show is Toy Makers. The app is Toy Makers. You can find if you uh, if you haven't if you haven't found it on television yet, you can find it. You're all over YouTube. You can find previous yep. episodes and clips all over YouTube. What time is Toy Makers on? You know, it, it, right now reruns are all over the yep. place. If they don't really give us an air schedule. Uh, February 10th on the History Channel will be coming back out uh, and on FYI uh, I don't have it it just got all signed we haven't even released that yet so that's Great. big news uh, I don't even have the air dates in front of me but uh, I just know it's February 10th and we're in pre-production now and and uh, yeah I'm really excited so their new drive block on History Channel, and uh, and w- and when they come over to put makeup on, does it still does it still make you go? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, it, being that we're a car shop, they come wipe the sweat off my yeah. face. About all they do. Yeah, uh, they put makeup on. You can't polish a turd. I mean, it's, <laughs> 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 you can't fix me. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, David, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us up here in Boston. Uh, thank you guys so much, and you guys have a great weekend. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. That yep. was David Ink, and he is the inventor and star of the TV show Toymakers uh, on the Velocity Channel, soon to be on the History Channel. Um, that's a big move. Big move from Velocity, which Velocity's got a good audience, but it's an HD audience only, so if you're if you're a basic cable subscriber and you don't have HD, you aren't getting Velocity. So, uh, But moving that over to uh, the History Channel is a pretty cool thing. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you want to give us a call and join us, we have Keith in here. He is a he is our producer in training, and he's going to be uh, going to be filling in a little bit for Dennis over the next few weeks. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, give him give him a run for his money. Give him a call. 617-770-3030-617-770-3030. Uh if, you know, you got something you want to say, Keith? No, I'm no, no I'm just excited to be here. Well, all right. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um so the phone number is 617-770-3030-617-770-3030. Do you have a Bugatti? Well, Bugatti's recalling its Chiron's over concerns they may have defective side impact airbags. How many are there in the United States? Two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It says uh, it won't be forcing uh, the owners of these cars to a trip to the dealer. 
Um, Bugatti will be dealing with the warranty in the only fashion it knows how. Since 17% of the owners are in the U.S., Bugatti only sold 12 models in the States, were affected by the recall. Bugatti wanted to ensure its customers received the most premium treatment for this inconvenience. This meant that the affected owners of the $3 million hypercar, that's right, $3 million, will receive a recall that most of us peasants will never have the pleasure of experience, according to the article here. Uh, First, Bugatti will dispatch a team of engineers and technicians that it calls the Flying Doctors, comparing the team to concierge service at a six-star hotel. The doctors will determine if the vehicles do, in fact, fall into the service criteria before proceeding with the recall. Just to ensure that doesn't waste the owner's time, if the two vehicles are affected, the doctor will arrange one of Bugatti's partners to have the seats flown back to France in special wooden containers for further investigation and remedy, Bugatti special wooden crate. Uh, they'll ship it back to France. Um, the team flying doctors doesn't really seem ambiguous. It defines how the automaker defines uh, ultra luxury. So I don't know what happens when you have no seats. But as for the uh, cause of the recall, Bugatti's airbag supplier, uh, Key Safety Systems, is reportedly pointing a finger at a particular worker at its Romanian plant start stating that he did or she did not properly install a heat shield which could protect documents from the airbag gas generator Bugatti first noticed this problem after observed burns while it tested airbag deployment under high temperature conditions. It's already taken steps to inspect and remedy any of the remaining seats it has in its possession. Uh, just, uh, just, uh, uh, I don't know. I guess the idea that they fly out they fly, they fly out to see you, they take your seats out, they fly them back to France, and then fly them back in the other direction. But suppose you want to drive your car, then what happens? I don't know. So what do we got? We got, we got, who we got on the phone? Rick from Boston. Rick from Boston, our buddy Rick. Rick, is that you? Rick? Rick? Hey there. Hey there. What's hey there. going on? Okay, uh, well, uh. Keith is learning, and that um, actually I sent you a letter this week. You sent me a letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you take your mailbox. What mailbox? I the one here. The yeah, one here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I have a mailbox. Well, I sent you a letter. To the, uh, well, to Dennis, is gonna, Dennis is going to go look and see if I have a mailbox. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dennis is goofing off on his training. Keith did not know about Rick from Boston. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're you're sort of a local celebrity. You know, he'll figure it out. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna get yeah. to know the locals. Give me yeah. a few weeks. Yeah, give me a few weeks. That's all right. Oh so, yeah, no, no, no training. Like I said, yeah. I told Keith, you know, yeah. in training. So well, um, I got to run in the post office. So when I come back out, I'd like, just like to hear your comments about it. About the letter. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. we're we got Dennis. We got Dennis on a hunt looking for the letter. Okay. Okay, I'll right. be back in a few minutes. All right, Good thanks. <laughs> a two-part call. <laughs> um, I, w- I was just reading a little bit more about uh, the toy maker stuff, and it says the the journey the journey hasn't been short or easy. Uh, it says in a quote here from uh, Dave Ankin, it says uh, it started as childhood dream, evolved over time, and happened to come at the right location to set up a shop in Reedsville, North Carolina, where the town and the people have been supportive. Toymakers partnered with Digital Source to develop an app, so you can check out the Toymaker app. It's T-O-Y-M-A-K-E-R-Z, and uh, 
You can connect with the show. You want to find out more information, their website is the same thing. Toymakers with a Z at the end, T-O-Y-M-A-K-E-R-Z.com. Um, and you can find out you can find out all you know more about the program. Uh, pretty interesting guy. Need to need to get him a real phone in his office so so he doesn't talk on his cell phone. But anyway. Uh, 617-770-3030. I think Rick's gonna have to tell us about his his letter because we can't find it. So I mean, I know there used to be mailboxes here somewhere, but that got turned into an office. So I don't know. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, if you're up in, uh, if you're up in the uh, Shrewsbury area, remember the Volks Fair, the uh, Volkswagen Car Show is going on at the Shrewsbury, uh, at the Candy Mansion. At the Hebert's Candy Mansion today. Good place to go for candy, by the way. And you can go check out all the Volkswagens. Uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers who is soon to have a child, and he said uh, he said something about he had a picture of a, a Volkswagen old Volkswagen air cool bus, and I said something about well that might not be the best family car in the world, but you never know. And he's like, oh, I really like these cars, and I like them too. I think the Volkswagen buses are great, uh, other than they're so underpowered and they kind of blow over in a windstorm. But uh, but other than that, they handle terrible. Um, uh, although a friend of mine, him and his family, when they were when he was a kid, uh, went cross country in one and said it was a great experience. So, but they, uh, I said to him, well, um, uh, there's a, a comedian, and all I know him by is his comedian named Fluffy. His last name's Inglesis, I think, and uh, and I said to him, uh, you know, you ought to you ought to check out Fluffy's connection of uh, of these vehicles, and I think uh, the, my coworkers from Columbia, and I think uh, Fluffy's from Columbia, so uh, and I showed him a video, and he must have twenty five Volkswagen vans, and I said uh, I said write to him. You know, maybe uh, you know, maybe because uh, you tell him your 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 wife's going to have a baby in a couple months, you'd love to have a van. Maybe he'll give you one. <laughs> um, there is something called the Automotive Hall of Fame, and uh, all kinds of people get. You know, the the founder of Toyota got uh, got inducted. The CEO of the big giant car dealership. Uh, Auto Nation, which is uh, which is Mike Jackson's company, but also NPR guys, Tom and Ray Maliazzi, Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, uh, their show also got inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame. Now, people who watch that show know that Tommy passed away a few years ago. Uh, Ray is uh, Ray still does some things. In fact, I read something in the Cape Cod paper that he's actually doing a talk. I think at the Wellfleet Library um, that he's going to be uh, talking about uh, the cars of Cuba. When him and some of the Car Talk team went over to Cuba to check out, I think they went there really just to check out rum and cigars. But by default, I guess they ended up checking out some of the. Uh, Checking out some of the the cars, so that made it uh, pretty interesting. No, I could see them going over for the car. Have you seen those cars down in Cuba? Like, I have, it, it's like I, I have never seen them up close. Uh, well, I haven't seen them up close yeah. either. But like, it seems like the car production 
stopped in the 50s? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it might have had something to do with that whole Cuban Missile Crisis it thing. It could be. Yeah, but, but know, no, but... the cars there are, it's, from a distance, they look good. Yes. There are some, in fact, I was talking to um, a woman I work with who uh, went on a cruise, and the cruise actually stopped in Cuba, and they basically hired a, a 57 Chevy convertible for a taxi cab for the entire day they were there. And you go to Cuba now, when you go, part of it is you still have to go for, like, educational purposes. So you go to a school and some other things. Um, and it, it makes it, it makes it sort of interesting. But um, there was a TV show called cars of cuba or something like that it was only it was very short-lived it was probably seven or eight episodes of the show and it showed two different people building cars and one guy was a cuban guy who i guess they were both cuban guys a guy who lived in kind of state housing and what he wanted to do was get his car certified to become a taxi cab because once it gets certified as a tourist cab, you get to pick up tourists and drop them off. You get paid a lot more and get tips versus if you're just a regular taxi cab, you get paid kind of a standard rate of a nickel or whatever. Really, really terrible pay. And the stuff they were doing to cars, you know, every once in a while I hear somebody say something like, oh, I couldn't get my car fixed because the part wasn't available. They make stuff out of nothing. And they had they had a welder that looked like well it was rolling on something that looked like wooden wagon wheels. The thing was so old. Um, and then you see some some tools from Harbor Freight. So you see like you know stuff from Harbor Freight made in China that somehow made its way there, and stuff that is so old from the 1930s that they're still using. And there was a guy they they. The master cylinder inside a car, the part that when you step on the brake, it builds up the pressure in the brake fluid to cause the car to stop. Um, they truly rebuild them. They take them apart. They replace all the seals in it. And there was a guy who had a business of making the seals. And he would make them out of this hose material, and he had a little tiny lathe, and he would cut these little seals. And he was the only one around who did them, and he would make these little – and that's what he was known for is the seal-making guy. Um some of the paint shops were nothing more than some tarps draped around some trees where they were painting, and they were doing remarkably good stuff. And they had a they had a late model '80s '90s GM engine that came out of a front wheel drive car, and they were putting it into like a '54 Buick. And there's no reason this thing should have even fit. And as they were getting the engine ready to move it around, they dropped it, and it broke the oil pan of the engine. And the concern wasn't the broken oil pan. The concern was the oil because they could always weld the oil pan back together, but they, they don't have oil. And the other thing that's a, a, in real short supply uh, is brake fluid. And in a lot of cases, they use shampoo. And shampoo is not the best brake fluid. Uh, it overheats, causes mushy breaks. But I bet you it smells better when it cooks. It, it does. It does, <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, when it leaks, it isn't as bad. But on the other hand, they've made do with the best they can with some some of the stuff. And the idea that, oh, we can fix a broken engine, we can't get oil. 
is just was amazing to me. And um, the, uh, the the there was one one car that or one group of people they were rebuilding a car, and that guy had a certain amount of money, and things were things were less of an issue with him. And the other guy didn't have any money. But he was so passionate about his car, like most Cubans are very, the car culture is ridiculous. And he was so passionate about it that um, his wife said to him, you know, I have this $100 tucked away. It's the only money we have. But I know how important this is to be able to get this, you know, drive shaft or something. I forget what it was. And uh, she gave him the money. And... They both started to cry. I mean, it was so it was so emotional that they cared that much. It, it was it was really it was really an interesting show. And but just the idea that they, I mean, literally just making parts out of stuff. And that's why I get frustrated when somebody says, "Oh, I couldn't get my car fixed because they don't make one of those anymore." Oh, you can't. Well, what is it? What's the saying? Need is the mother of all inspiration. Was it, is that how it is? I don't know. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, but it sounds like good. That. Yeah, yeah. So there is no reason why you you know something can't be made. Something can't be retrofitted. It might not be perfect. Um, I saw them. I saw them uh, rebuilding a drive shaft in the universal joint in the drive shaft. Didn't look anywhere near close what they were putting in, but they got it all to work. And the car went down the road afterwards. I just, just amazing stuff, and um, just the, just the idea. So, yeah, the cars in Cuba, are, cars in Cuba are really, you know, you know, there's a, a lot of rust. There's a lot of chrome that is spray painted silver. Uh, there's a lot of, like I said, cars with shampoo for brake fluid. Um, there was one. There was one car that somebody was telling me about. It had a diesel engine in it out of a boat and starting it was always a problem so but once they got it started it was able it was able to go okay another car they were actually making their own fuel out of sugar cane so they're making kind of an alcohol-based fuel and they'd have um two little gas tanks in the car both in the front seat and one of them had gasoline in it. So they would meter a little bit of gasoline up to the carburetor so the car would start on gasoline. Then they'd shut that off and turn the the alcohol gas on, and it would run on the alcohol gas, but it wouldn't start on the alcohol gas. So they had these two, looked like four-gallon, or maybe one was five gallons and one was like a one-gallon container, and they were sitting in the front seat. Um, I remember years ago, somebody I know went to Cuba, and they brought... Um, just a bunch of car parts with them, spark plugs and distributor caps and all of that. And this one guy said to me, I got in a taxi cab, and it was an old Ford that had the Ford engine in it. And the thing's running horrible and skipping and making all kinds of noise. And he said, I'm not sure if these spark plugs will fit your car, but you can have them. And he said the cab driver cried, hugged him, cried, took him home for dinner. You know, it was, you know, just just the idea. So, but yeah, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Um, I've been talking for 35 minutes or so. I think it's time to take a break. Let's see if, let's see if Keith knows how to do this. Right. I'm going to take a break. So our phone number, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk about your car, your car problems, maybe whatever's on your mind. We'll talk about that. Um, I was saying that we are going to be doing some trivia, so we might as well do that. And uh, I also wanted to talk about the car that got me around a couple weeks ago, actually, which, which was the 2019 Acura RDX. The Acura RDX is a compact uh, luxury SUV with a definite uh, sporty high-tech look and feel powered this year by a 2-liter turbocharged 272-horsepower four-cylinder engine connected to a 10-speed automatic transmission, and in the case of our test drive, powering all four wheels through Acura's uh, SH all-wheel drive, so super handling all-wheel drive system. There's also a large panoramic sunroof, upgraded 710-watt sound system. I remember when radios were like 30 watts. 710-watt sound system, full suite of safety features such as lane departure warning, lane centering, automatic emergency braking, rear cross-traffic alert, front and rear parking systems, uh, sensors rather. Many vehicles today incorporate various controls to allow for easy use and navigation. Acura uses what they call True Touch Interface. It's a touchpad mounted on the center console, and it mimics the screen display. When you touch the bottom left of the touchpad, you're manipulating the bottom left of the display, touch the bottom right, and so forth. So there's no trying to center a cursor. Um, there's also a write-on pad for entering information. Um, it's better than most systems, but it's still, it still, to me, requires too much of the driver's attention. Uh, the 710-watt sound system is as good as any found in any of the top-line uh, luxury cars. Uh, the seats were comfortable and should be great for long-distance cruising. There's plenty of power points for mobile phones and other electronics. Storage is quite good with plenty of cubbies, cup holders, underfloor cargo storage. The ride's a nice combination of sporty feel while still softening our less-than-perfect roads. The electric uh, power steering may be one of the best in recent memories with a nice balance of driver feedback at all speeds. The 272-horsepower four-cylinder engine is not quite as powerful as the previous V6, but actually feels more powerful due to the increased torque. The 10-speed uh, automatic transmission seems to be a perfect match to the overall performance of the engine, and the all-wheel drive system is completely seamless. You don't know what's there. Um, there's a knob on the dash that controls sportiness of the RDX from snow to sporty plus settings, the normal setting. Is just where I left it most of the time. It seemed to be just about right. The Sport adding a bit more response, and more, in my opinion, the Sport Plus just made the, S, uh, the RDX feel kind of harsh, actually. Like most vehicles today, there's a feature which shuts, shuts off the engine in traffic. In this model, in addition to a switch on the dash, the driver can choose to allow the engine to shut off, shut down by pushing a bit harder on the brake pedal. I kind of like that because then it gives you the choice. If you're stuck in traffic and the traffic's moving, it's one thing if you stopped, let the engine shut off. But if you stop, start, stop, start every 15 seconds, having the engine just start and stop like that, to me, just feels annoying. But um, during fuel economy with the RDX, averaged about 25 and a half miles per gallon. Not great, but not terrible. Combination of good looks, advanced safety systems, reasonable fuel economy, and a comfortable ride that, when asked, can rival the handling of a decent sports car. Um that's what kind of makes the RDX uh, something to look at. If you're looking for a small SUV and appreciate technology, the Acura RDX should be at the top of your list. 
Price as tested, under $50,000 at $48,395. EPA says I should have gotten 21 miles per gallon in the city, 27 on the highway. I averaged 25 and a half, so not terrible. Uh, the engine, it's a turbocharged four-cylinder. So that's what I know about the Acura RDX. Um, and trivia is going to be kind of faced around, based around that. In fact, why don't we do trivia now? Phones have been quiet. What is considered the first all-aluminum-bodied production sports car? So what is considered the world's first mass-produced car to feature an all-aluminum body? If you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and we will give you a prize. No. <laughs> Dennis Guest. Um, the, uh, and my prize closet, I will admit, is getting somewhat sparse-looking. So you kind of get you get you get what I get. So uh, remember the saying: you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Paul <laughs> Sullivan taught me that. Yes, um, I did get something interesting in the mail this week, though. It is a the thing is called a comfy, and it is a combination blanket sweatshirt, and it's a uh, it's sort of like fake fleecy stuff on the inside, and it's reversible, so you can turn it in and out. And it's got an oversized hood, so you look, so you look sort of like a, uh, so you look sort of like a uh, something from a Star Wars movie. Um, Is it called a snuggie? No, it's not a snuggie. It's a comfy. Okay. Yeah, it's called a comfy. So is it a generic snuggie? No, no. It's it's because a snuggie is open. This is true. Yeah. This is a. Uh, this thing is. Uh, it's it's like a it's like a hugely oversized hooded sweatshirt, but it's sort of made out of blanket material. You're checking it out, right? One size fits most. It would fit. It says it fits from a six foot six person to a six year old. Um, it looks kind of weird on a six year old. Um, it is. Um, it's it's. Um, uh, it actually worked out. It actually worked out good because it answered it answered a car question for me because um, someone wrote to me and this. W- that's it. I didn't get the pink one though. I got one in kind of gray, um, but it is a. Uh, someone wrote to me and they uh, their husband had recently bought a uh, sixty something Mustang sixty five sixty six Mustang convertible. And they love, as a couple, they love the car. As a couple, they also, the woman's also cold. And she said, can, and her question was, can I put heated seats in the car? And you can. You can, you can, you can call somebody like David Ankin and you know, go to Toy Makers and you can put heated seats in the car. Uh, you can go to an aftermarket, you know, aftermarket shop, uh, auto stereo store maybe, and they can put heated seats in the car. But I said, or you could go buy a comfy, you know, and uh, I, I, you know, I can see somebody wearing it, you know, around a, you know, fire pit or something. I don't know if it's flame retardant, but, uh, but it, it, um, 
and what's I guess what's weirdly nice about it is that it's a um, you can squish it all up in a ball and it doesn't wrinkle. So it's a, not that I guess you, not that you would care about your snuggy wrinkling. Uh, this thing wouldn't either. Do you know there's snuggy bar tours? What is a snuggy bar tour? Apparently, you put your snuggy on, and you do a bar crawl in Boston. I saw it in a um, morning car. Doctor. One, one of those. Uh, it's not Groupon. It's uh, Eventbrite tickets, and it's like uh, it's like um, oh, Eventbrite. Eventbrite sounded you know you know must must have been desperate for things, but apparently it's 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 all the rage once school starts. So uh, when uh, when when all the college students get back to town, they on a on a cool fall evening they don their snuggies, bring their IDs with them, and go bar hopping in their snuggies, which has nothing to do with the comfy. But maybe I should start comfy bar hop tours. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're letting we're letting uh, Keith handle the phones here. Uh, so the trivia question was, the world's first mass-produced car to feature an all-aluminum body. And I would have thought, uh, I was a little surprised by this, but I verified it in a couple of sources. So so we got uh, we got a couple of people here. So. We got Peter from the Cape first. All right. Well, let's try. Let's try Peter first. Peter, good morning. John, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad, pretty good. Um, well, I, <laughs> can you give me a hint on this one? No, no, there's no um, hints. There's no hints. No hints at all. No hints. Um, ah, now I know you said mass produced. How many have had to be made to be mass produced? Mass- uh, you know, uh, you, you can't tell. You can't tell me it was a, uh, I don't know, a Bugatti, because they yeah. make they made like two of those. So you can't tell me uh-huh. that. It's got to be. Got to be something. It's got to be mass produced. So you got to you got a guess for us? Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, yeah, a Porsche Spider. Uh, that would like, be wrong. But uh, fifty fifty five. No, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be wrong. You have James Dean car. Yep. Know? Yep. No, but you'd be wrong. Nah. All right. All right. All right. No, Good. I can't win them all. Yeah, you can't win them all. You're right. All right. Let's try. Let's try somebody else here. Where else are we going? Going to Richard in Topsfield. All right. Well, let's. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hey, there, there we go. So, uh, there you go. so what? So, what do you think? What is the first? In various sources, confirm this. What do you think the first mass-produced sports car is? I uh, aluminum uh, car. Uh, I'm sorry, aluminum car. Um, the one from uh, the Back to the Future one. Uh, oh, the DeLorean. The DeLorean, yes. No, that was actually made out of stainless steel. Was it uh, aluminum? All right. All right, but good okay. guess, though. All right. Okay. All right. Good question. Sure, absolutely. My daughter's, my daughter's uh, 2011 Jeep Patriot, the yep. transmission's whining. Uh, is that something they can rebuild, be rebuilt, or do they just uh, just 
pop in new ones or uh, uh, it's a combination of both i mean a good a good transmission shop will take it apart find the noisy bearings inside of it and replace the bearings replace all the friction plates check the steel plates out see if there's any bluing in those and if there are they'll replace those replace all the seals and gaskets and uh you know, clean clean the valve body up, or they just go to a transmission rebuild. You know, a, a, somebody who rebuilds transmissions like Jasper, and uh, and they just order a transmission up for it, pull that one out, put the new one in, fill it full of fluid, and you're on your way. How many uh, mi- how many whoa. miles how many miles on it? Um, um about seventy seven thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's I. That is it's all highway mileage. She yeah. loves the car, though. That's the problem. Yeah. It's. It's um, it's got wind up windows by hand. Really, really. So at least you never have to worry about the motors wearing out. In that, so so that that makes it easier. But yeah, to to replace the uh, to replace the transmission in that, you're probably looking at somewhere between oh I don't know twenty two hundred and thirty two hundred dollars and. Um, and I hate to say it, that was fairly common on those years. Um, in fact, it was it was kind of uh, in that year with a lot of with a lot of Chrysler products. It was it was fairly common whether it was in the Jeep or whether it was in the Chrysler. Uh, uh, it was it was kind of funny when I bought my wife's PT Cruiser in two thousand seven. Um, I was talking to a former Chrysler mechanic, and he said to me. Um, yeah, well, I got a, I got a spare transmission for that for you because you know at some point if you keep that long enough you're going to be putting a transmission in it. So fairly common with the Jeep too. So good luck. Uh, with it. Would it be collectible if she kept it for ten more years? Uh, uh, Fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't know that it's ever really going to be collectible. Um, she would have to keep it because it's, you know, you know nothing gets collectible. Until it gets to be about twenty-five years old, unless it's really, really, really special, and then even at that, it becomes just a. In some cases, just becomes a twenty-five-year-old car. So they made a they made a million of them. So um, you know, if it if it didn't get driven until um, you know two thousand fifty, and someone yeah. and someone found it, they'd go, "Wow, look at that! I remember when those cars used to run on gasoline." You know, and look at those old-fashioned window cranks. Um, you know, but uh, but no, it, it's never it's never going to get really collectible. Are you telling me to kill the line for the next twenty years? It's not worth it. I I think I would. Yeah, I I don't think buy a boat instead. Yeah, buy a boat instead. Yeah, <laughs> buy a boat. Buy a boat and use that for an anchor. <laughs> Great show. All right, uh, thanks. Thanks. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Ronnie and the Pike. All right. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, My husband listens to you faithfully. Okay. If I had a baby in the middle of your show, he'd find out at, you know, 9.30 or something. Oh, all right. Um, well, thank you for that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um. He gets a DeLorean, but I'm going to go with a Sunbeam Mixmaster. Uh, well, that uh, both of those answers would be wrong. But well, uh, and we're, we're still running our streak. All right, okay. 
<laughs> All right. So there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with being wrong as long as as long as something good comes out of it at the end, right? Hey, I've made a lifetime career of being wrong. So yeah, you know, yes, it's, you know, I'm 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 in that I'm in that same category. I, I'm I'm known for uh, I'm known for buying high, selling low. You know, I'm not you know investment. Have, yeah, you know, I, you know, so uh, you know the you know uh, the the day the day I retire, they'll come up with uh, they'll come up with better reasons to stay working. I don't know. They'll you know, uh, but that's okay. You know, it's. Um, you know, as long it's as you have predictable. Yeah, as long as you having some amount of fun, you know. Well, that's what I'm doing with you this morning, and I appreciate you taking the call. And thank you so much for all the enjoyment you've provided. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Brad from Medford. All right. Let's talk to uh, our friends up in Medford. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Good morning. Uh... John Paul, uh, I want to Aston Martin there, the Aston Martin there. No, no, that, I mean the Aston Martins used a lot of aluminum, uh, but they were not a they were not the world's first mass-produced car to feature an all-aluminum body. Um, you know, even yeah, even um, and it gets a little tricky because uh, Land Rovers, the Land Rover SUVs, they had aluminum in ninety-nine percent of the body, but that's an SUV and not a car. So the world's first mass-produced car to feature an all-aluminum body, and it wasn't an Aston Martin. Okay. I have right. a question on, sure. on a Jeep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeep. My daughter has a Jeep Wrangler, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed when I was underneath it there, it was making noises, right? And I think they kind of came down with it being the uh, coil spring locators in the front okay, end. Okay, yep. And, uh, but while I was under there, I noticed that the cover on the uh, automatic transmission has a coating like on like a plastic coating, yep. but it looked like it was all rusty, like crazy underneath the plastic coating. And I'm saying, is this something with that, uh, Jeep there that's, uh, it's a common problem? It looks like the pan's going to rot out. Yeah, it looks like that. You're right. It's, uh, it, it, they coated it with, they coated it with some sort of, plastic that i believe just gets moisture that gets between that and the pan and the pan gets all rusty and looks like it's going to rot out um right i would just at this point i would just keep an eye on it and just see okay. you know just check it once in a while and see how it's doing but but short of but short of that yeah i you know and it's it it, it continues to amaze me how things that are filled with oil get rust rust out like that i have seen oil pans and cars and trucks rot out uh transmission pans rot out um, you know, and, and, you know, making them, you know, I'm surprised they haven't made an oil pan out of a, an oil pan out of plastic yet because it, then it wouldn't, then it wouldn't rust out. So, but I think we, I think we may, I think we may have lost you, but that's, but, uh, hopefully you still listen. So, yeah. So I would keep an eye on that pan and just kind of go from there. We're giving, we're giving Keith kind of the run for the money here. He's, keeping me busy. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. We'll let we'll let them get caught up a little bit. So the trivia question is: What was considered the world's first mass-produced car to feature an all-aluminum body? And it was also—I'll give you a little hint—it was also powered by an all-aluminum engine. So, and like our trivia questions sometimes follow the car review. There's a hint. Dennis is Dennis is shaking his head, thinks he might be on to something. 
We'll see. If you own a BMW X2 and it, 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 for 2018, the head restraints don't protect the occupants from whiplash like they should in a rear impact. Uh, the Insurance Institute said on Monday it issued an acceptable rating to the crossover SUVs. Um, I'm surprised they keep calling these headrests because they're not. They're head restraints, which function as a safety item. They're designed to reduce whiplash uh, rather than as cushions. So term head restraint, not headrest. And they've almost become a non-issue in most new vehicles. The IHS said long gone are the days that headrests just provided minimal protection from whiplash in a rear impact crash. The X2 joins a list of 2018 vehicles with an acceptable rather than good rating for its stop calling them headrests or head restraints, including the BMW i3 Dodge Challenger and Nissan Frontier that, that do a good job. The IHS said in a statement that BMW plans to improve the X2 head restraint design. The Insurance Institute industry-funded nonprofit said it will test the X2 with the new head restraints. In September, BMW's similar X1 crossover scored a good rating for its head restraints, but its seats are different than those used in the X2. Uh, this was the um, an article in the Car Connection. Uh, the CarConnection.com reached out to BMW for details on the design whether it will be fitted to 2018 or 2019 models, but they hadn't heard back as of the article uh, date. Otherwise, the X2 aced the instrumented uh, crash test. Uh, it's optional collision avoidance uh, actively. Um, it uses a uh, automatic braking system, among other things, and it actually got a uh, good rating for that. Its headlights earned an acceptable score. But uh, it didn't earn a good rating because of the head restraints. Um, but anyway, uh, the other interesting article that came from them was a uh, article about headlights in the Toyota CHR. The Toyota CHR is a small, high-roofed SUV, and apparently the um, crossover SUV got in, got high marks on everything except for the headlights, which provided inadequate visibility on curves and also produced the most excessive amount of glare from the low beams. So uh, I was just I was just talking with um, someone the other day about about um, headlights and headlight design and how they affect a variety of different things. And the headlights are headlight design today is is. Uh, pretty remarkable but it isn't perfect and in some cases even though it's very high tech it's not it's not necessarily that good so okay we'll let keith get caught up with the phones here and then we'll uh go on here and see where we're supposed to go after that so but you know it's a lot it's a lot to master here so of course he'll be on his own next week after next so we'll hope for the best uh, Ford Motor Company recalled 500,000 2013 to 2016 Ford Fusion sedans in 2013 to 2014. Uh, Ford escaped crossovers for potential rollaway roll risk because of a faulty shifter cable bushings. The bushings can wear out and the car will roll. So you don't want that to happen. And, uh, and according to the U.S. government audit, NHTSA oversight of auto recalls, it said the agency delayed action and hindered callbacks on vehicles with defective airbags. It says uh, U.S. regulators too slow to investigate potential defects. I don't know. There's a lot of defects. Okay, so where are we going, Keith? All right, we're going to go to John and Quincy. All right. 
All right, John, is that you? That is, John. Hey. I'm sitting over here in Squantum Point Park, and this is a long shot, but I'm going to say the uh, Ford Cobra. Uh, you're right. That would be a long shot, but it would be wrong. Okay, John. All right. All right. You enjoy get, enjoy you your get, time in the park. All right. Um, and now... Mike and Revere. Let's talk to Mike and Revere. Michael. Good morning to you, Kai Doctor. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, let me take a stab at this. Cadillac Alante. <sighs> nope. Ooh, ooh. Had a lot of it had a lot of aluminum, but it wasn't all aluminum. Ah, okay. All right. But, all right. But Thank what'd you. you what'd you think what'd you think of the Alante? Uh, not a nice car. <laughs> you that know, was a toilet. <laughs> Quite frankly, a toilet. You know, when they put the, when, Mercedes. I'm a Mercedes nut. Yeah, when they put the North Star engine in it, it got better at least. You know, at least yeah. then it had a little bit more power. It's funny, I was at a little repair shop down in Rhode Island one day, and I was waiting to pick somebody up, and I looked across his parking lot, and he must have had ten of them parked there. And, uh... Um, and I don't know if he's just, and I never got to talk to him to see whether he's a collector or yeah. they just went there to die. But, yeah. They, they were a front-wheel drive, very light, uh, no road manners. Um, I think they were. And they, I, I and they, they, and were they had they had 10,000 miles on them before you got them because <laughs> they would fly them back and forth to Italy on a special plane. I know, I know, really. Yeah, yeah. They made a big deal of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it was a special plane just built to built to handle that. You wonder why General Motors went bankrupt. <laughs> and they were a toilet. And they, they couldn't yeah, get exactly, to the 80s. Exactly. They were not they yeah. were not fantastic. No. Well, it's like even when, you know, Cadillac tried to be competitive with the Mercedes SL and they came out with that XLR, which was a yeah, kind of weird looking body. Oh my god, it's two Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, weird weird looking body on top of a Corvette. Yeah. Chassis, yeah, yeah Corvette chassis. Yeah, and, right. but it yeah. was it was it was hideously ugly. Yeah, well, some of them were bad looking though. Towards the towards the end, they they got it together a little bit. A little bit. But the but quality of the product was there. I'm I'm driving an SL right now. Yeah. And the Toyota is a daily driver. I love them both. But uh, unfortunately, I think Mercedes is still king of the road. Uh, you got a love hate love hate relationship going on with them. Uh, they, they, yeah, <laughs> you, you love it. You love it until you have to bring it in for service, and they write you. There you go. You hate yeah. it. The bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. All right. So one of your kids. Thank you so much. All right. Doc. Take care, Mike. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Mike. Let's see. Where are we headed here, Keith? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's try. Uh, I want to say this is Ed from when. Well, we'll find out. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Yeah, Car Doctor. This is Ed. Hey, Ed. Uh, is it a Morgan you're looking for? No. No. Uh, okay. All right. I think, you know, I I, I thought, you know, and the Morgan, the Morgan was a pretty interesting car, except I, I'm pretty sure, didn't the Morgan have a wooden frame? It had a wooden frame, but it had a handmade aluminum body. Would you Would you call it a production car? Uh, I'd call it an English car. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember when they were importing those. Uh, I don't know what was it like thirty years ago, and for them to pass emissions, they had to retrofit them to all run on compressed natural gas. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, my introduction to them, I bought a used Volvo from uh, a Volvo dealer in '71, 
and the salesman had one. <laughs> and that was my that was my introduction to the car. Yeah, there, it, it was um there was some there was some TV show that uh the 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 character in the show drove one. I always thought that was sort of interesting too, but Yeah. 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 Interesting body stuff. Yeah, there certainly are. All right. Okay, have a good All right. Day. Thanks for listening. All right, take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is our number, and um, I thought this was an interesting article. Is Germany tells drivers to repay Tesla's subsidy, says cars are too costly. About about eight hundred Tesla Model S drivers in Germany have been ordered to pay back the uh, forty six hundred dollars equivalent electric vehicles and subsidy after the government agency deemed their luxury cars too expensive to qualify for the program. Customers have bought their cars before March 6th and have received a subsidy known as the environmental bonus will have to return it. Germany's Federal Office for Economic Affairs and Export Control said in a statement the program was designed to boost sales of plug-in hybrids and other battery vehicles. About 250 Tesla owners who bought the Model S won't receive the payment uh, the office said Tesla said it would appeal the decision and cover the cost of the bonus until the situation is resolved. But th- that's that's an interesting thing. They that's sort of like getting a tax refund and then having to give it back because they decided we gave you the we gave you the wrong information. But I don't know, kind of funny. Uh, so I guess make sure make sure it's going to work. Um, there's an article in Automotive News about the new Corvette, and it says everyone knows the mid-engine is coming, and uh, the mid-engine Corvette is. There are more spy shots of this thing than, than I don't know what, but it's it's always covered in kind of, kind of plastic fabric sort of stuff. Um, it has a it has a long rear deck. It has a low hood line. Um, you know, somebody said Cal Cal uh, Brewer, who is the publisher of Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book. Um, Brower, I think it actually is, um, is uh, who owns a variety of cars, including a Ford GT. His comment was, I'm confident it's going to redefine everything. Why I've thought the Corvette is fabulous. So he thought the car- Corvette was fabulous before, and he's going to think this new mid-engine one is more fabulous. And I think it's going to be more expensive. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a hundred thousand dollar car, where the Corvette right now. The Corvette right now is one of the best values out there. You can get kind of a base Corvette, but it's a Corvette, and it's like fifty five thousand dollars. It's a you know that's fifty five thousand dollars is a lot of money, but fifty five thousand dollars for a car with that performance is ridiculously good. Okay, let's take another call. Mike from Bridgewater. All right, let's try Mike from Bridgewater. Michael. Hi, yes. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Um, um, uh, well, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Um, may I take yes, please? Yes. Uh, how, about, how about you kind of gave a little bit of a hint. I'm just going to say, how about the NSX? How about the NSX would be a correct answer. So, Ta-da. In 1990, the NSX became the world's first mass-produced car to feature an all-aluminum body. It was also powered by an all-aluminum 3-liter V6 engine, and it featured uh, Honda's VTEC variable valve timing electronic lift control system developed in the 1980s. It had a 5-speed manual or 4-speed sport shift automatic transmission, and I will let you know it was a pain to get in and out of. 
It was a small. <laughs> it was a small car inside, um, and I only had I only had driven one. I think I it was uh, it was many many years ago, and I think it was on our Ragtop Ramble event, and I drove it back from Maine. And it was it was a fun car to drive, but it was uh, but it was it it wasn't it wasn't a lot of storage inside of it, and it wasn't a lot of room inside of it, and it had a removable had a removable roof, which made it sort of in, the one I drove, which made it sort of interesting. Could you get more yeah. than one person in it? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a two person car, so at least it was that. So anyway. I'll tell you yeah, what. You know, stay, I, stay right. Stay right there. We'll have uh, Keith get down your name and address for us, and we'll send you out a prize. I appreciate that, John. Thank you, Connor. Right. Thanks, Mike. All right, stay Touch right. Up. Stay right there. So, Michael, Michael, and Keith will oh, get to know right. each other, your, uh, and we'll work from there. Congratulations. So, like I said earlier, the Honda CH CHR didn't do well in the headlights. Apparently, they were. They they referred to it as less than stellar headlight visibility, although the rest of the car they really liked. Um, but you know, sort of sort of a. I've been having a long ongoing conversation now with a uh, uh, an ophthalmologist from New York, who was a former fighter pilot, who thinks that the the xenon headlights in cars should be made illegal. And now he's filing for a federal, whatever it is, where you where you get um, where you order ask the government to release records on things. So, I don't, oh, the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, that's the one. I was Freedom of Information. Yeah, I I had the I had the letters in my head. I knew it was F O I A. Okay, thanks, Mike. So, yeah. Freedom of Information yeah. Act. So he's filing for one of those, and I'm like, it's, it sounds like an awful lot of work for this, because um, okay. he just doesn't like the headlights. But he's he he knows the uh, he knows he knows that the uh, because of his okay. what he does for work, he knows that this the temperature of the light, and that's what it's called the. The lighting temperature affects the rods in your eyes, which make them harder to readjust to the light. So, this this is a this is nonsense news to me that it made made the news. But uh, apparently, Mark Wahlberg always wanted to own a Chevrolet dealership. Oh, you know what? You know so he bought one in Ohio. I probably have a. a um, so in the article here, it says Hollywood star Mark Wahlberg has history with Chevrolet, namely riding along in a Bumblebee, the yellow and black Chevy Camaro, in the Transformers series. Um, so now uh, Wahlberg is taking the other lap with the Chevy, buying a Chevrolet dealership in Columbus, Ohio, with friend and partner. Uh, Jay Fieldman, he's the CEO of Fieldman Automotive, and um, so they're going to buy. They're going to buy this dealership. I wonder how many people. I wonder how many people will go and buy a Chevy dealership. Will go to Ohio to buy a Chevy dealership to the Chevy dealership to buy a Chevy from Mark Wahlberg. Um, they have. It's a big dealership too. It has fifty service stalls. It currently sells about two hundred new and used vehicles a month. Uh, so the staff has about a hundred employees. 
and they'll all be retained. But Mark Wahlberg's Chevrolet will hire more sales representatives and service technicians as it aims to become the highest volume Chevrolet dealer in Ohio. The partners um, even have talked about adding a Wahlburgers food truck at the dealership. I've been to Wahlburgers. I didn't think much of it, but that's just me. Did you get the um, cheeseburger melt? I did not. Ooh. The cheeseburger melt there that's the thing is to get. amazing. Yeah. Everything else there is okay, but yeah, the cheeseburger was, yeah. melt is spectacular. Ooh. You know what he's you know he's going to increase sales? He's going to have Marky Markdowns. <laughs> oh. So he's going to have good one. So he's going to have yeah. Yeah, I you know, I And that voice, ladies and gentlemen, is, as we all know, is, is Professor Paul Sullivan. There we go. Yes. Yeah. So um but the uh would you would you drive to Ohio to buy a Chevrolet from a no. Wahlberg? No, it, no. How about if it was no. a Transformer Edition no. Camaro? No. no. No? Okay. No. I just wondering. Okay. Why don't we take another break? I need it. I think Keith needs it. Dennis needs it. Everybody needs it. Why don't we take a break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL or 100.3 FM or WROLradio.com. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Well, it says here, U.S. built Ariel Adam is a star at Greenwood, um, Greenwood, England. A, uh, a windshield body panels are extra, and forget about the doors or roof. It doesn't get one. The fourth version of the Adam launched by uh, niche sports car maker Ariel this month at Britain's Greenwood Festival Speed might be new. But the recipe stays faithful to the original car that launched the company in 1998. British makers of the uh, scare you silly road cars uh, really prosper, and Ariel is bucking the trend. Uh, there is a local local guy here in Massachusetts that actually is sort of the Ariel dealer, and um, I got to drive his car, and it was um, it was really cool, and. Uh, I was left with a T-shirt afterwards, which I wear occasionally, just to let people say. But um, I will do nearly anything for a T-shirt. Nearly, really. I have so many T-shirts. My wife's like, if I come home with another T-shirt, she, I think she's gonna start throwing things at me. Huh? Huh. I I will have to keep that in mind because sometimes I get T-shirts and I just give them to a coworker who ties them up in a ball and (laughs) lets her dog play with them. And I, this just in, my wife just said my four-year-old grandson is running in a race tomorrow. He, he doesn't really want to race. He just wants the, the, the t-shirt. t-shirt. The t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It starts early in life. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big t-shirt fan. but, but. Wait, your four-year-old is running in a race? Yes. We promote <laughs> physical fitness and activity right. in our family. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let, let me ask. Let me ask you all. Yeah, what, JP, what, we took over your show. I know. I kind of noticed Okay. I want to. I want to go around individually. What would you? What would you guys do for a free T-shirt? Uh, nothing. <laughs> that's. But that's just me. So. I, I get yeah. my share of free T-shirts from all the endeavors that yeah. I participate yeah. in. I'm I'm good. Yeah, so we're we're all good. Hey, do we have any yeah. more calls? So I forgot to check. Uh no, no. Okay, now. all right, good, all right. Um, 
There is a new Subaru Legacy coming out. Uh, Subaru's next generation Legacy is a midsize sedan. It was spotted during testing in, of all places, Detroit. And um, the uh, it looks like it looks like the front of it's a little bit different. The rear also appears to be styled a little bit sharper. Uh, there is. Uh, there is starting to uh, we're starting to see more and more styling coming from Subarus, where they were pretty basic vehicles. What you won't see anymore is the Chevrolet City Express. The Chevrolet uh, City Express is General Motors' small uh, work van, which is not really a Chevrolet vehicle at all. It's really a Nissan NV200. Uh, GM marketed the van under a partnership with Nissan since 2014. I believe I've seen one on the road. Uh, so not a, I think a good move to get rid of it. The other thing that's interesting is the Paris auto show, someplace I will never go. Um, not because I don't want to go to Paris. It's just, I don't ever see myself spending the money to go to Paris, but they're premiering two cars from Vietnam. I didn't know they even made cars in Vietnam. I guess I just assumed there were somebody else's cars, but according to this article, Vietnamese auto manufacturer VinFest which is not the name I would have guessed. If somebody said to me, what do you think the name of a Vietnamese car company would be? It wouldn't have been VinFast. Oh, I don't know why. Um, but they uh, debuted a uh, Pininfarina-designed crossover and a sedan. And uh, the crossover is similar to the BMW X5, while the sedan is the same length as cars such as an Audi A6. Uh, the company said both vehicles will see the, uh, some German technology, VinFast said, without elaborating VinFast plans to launch the vehicles in the third quarter of 2019. The company is targeting annual production of around 500,000 vehicles by 2023 with an initial output of about 100,000 or so. VinFast is part of a Vietnamese conglomerate. Big surprise. Not very creative. The name of the Vietnamese conglomerate, Vin Group. You would think they'd have something more creative sounding, but uh, but they uh, and it's led by uh, a former car company executive from General Motors. Um, we have the resources, the scalability, and commitment to become a significant new player in the global auto industry. In June, Vin- VinFast signed a deal with GM to take over the U.S. automaker's Hanoi factory, along with the dealer's network and employee base. The plant will be used solely to produce VinFast vehicles after the transfer, while Chevrolet vehicles will be imported. The company is also building a plant in northern Vietnam at a cost of about $1.5 billion. Magna International is carrying out the technical development of the vehicle engineering for the crossover in the sedan. I might have seen these cars at the at the Detroit Auto Show last year. There were two cars that were just sitting with nobody really around them. And one looked like a BMW X5 and the other looked like a mid-sized BMW, Audi-ish kind of car. But they were just sitting there with no kind of... They, I'm not even sure they were actually in the show. They were kind of on the outskirts of the show. And I wonder if these cars were, were there. Hmm. Uh, Ford is upping its uh, Edge ST price, which is targeted for performance-oriented mid-sized crossovers. I don't know that you really need performance-oriented crossover vehicles, but I suppose... After driving an Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifiglia. 
Well, considering that Ford is getting rid of all their cars, yeah, they need something to be performance besides the Mustang, which uh, they're keeping. But apparently, apparently, the head of Ford likes to build furniture in his garage, and doesn't seem to have a whole lot of. So what you're saying is Ford is going to eventually become a furniture maker? Uh, you know, it's a little it's a little scary. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, the idea of not building cars anymore doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I mean, there, there are. I, I guess I can kind of understand it when you look out in our parking lot right now, and there are only two sedans out of all the vehicles that are parked out there, or and three now. Uh, but there, but there are mostly SUVs and some trucks out there, so I guess it sort of makes sense. But to just take that completely out of the market, and especially, you know, cars like the, the Taurus, which is a, which is a good seller for Ford. The 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 Fusion is a good seller. The Focus is, um, like it or hate it, it's a it's a pretty good seller. So, kind of surprising they're actually doing that. Hmm. hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and then we go back to Paul Sullivan. Hmm. Oh, the Pinto. Oh, the Pinto. Yes. The, uh, the car that caught on fire? The car that caught on fire <laughs> when it got hit from behind. Behind. And, and the most amazing part of that was how they fixed it. Um, why the car, why the Pinto caught on fire is the gas, the gas tank, tank was mounted in such a way and the shock absorber was mounted right behind it. And when it would get hit, the shock absorber would slam into the gas tank, punch a hole in it. And if it made sparks, it would start a fire. Mm-hmm. They put a piece of plastic in front of the gas tank. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. They unbolted part of the gas tank, took this little piece of plastic, stuck it in there. Well, and, you forgot to say they drenched it in asbestos first. Uh, no, they they should have just... They didn't. I know they didn't. Yeah. That's, um, I'm just trying to... They be, didn't do that, yeah. but uh, but it was... I, I'm not I'm not convinced that I, that actually fixed it. But, oh. <laughs> But well, they, it died a natural death. Well, I, well, it's like some of the Jeeps, they had a, uh, an issue with, I think it was the Jeeps, they had an issue with those would catch on fire if they got hit from behind. So every Jeep owner got a free trailer hitch because the trailer hitch was enough to reinforce the back of the car mm-hmm. so it wouldn't crush up and crunch the gas tank and have it catch on and, fire. And that's right up the alley of most uh, Jeep owners. That's right. So yeah. they, were happy to get the, they were happy to get that. So, that yeah. that's, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant, and, brilliant compensatory decision-making. Yeah, and and my favorite recall though was the um, was the uh, Saturn recall, and I think it was for a wiring hot or something else that would catch on fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, Saturn dealers uh, created a barbecue, so they had um, so they would invite you to the to their Saturn dealerships. Now, and show mind, you how to put out fires. <laughs> now, now keep in mind, there's no Saturn dealerships now, so maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> um, but they would make a party out of it. Mm-hmm. So they had bouncy houses, barbecues. You get a hamburger, hot dog while mm-hmm. you were there, waiting to get your car recall done. Mm-hmm. You bring your kids; they could get their faces painted. Um, so they made a whole event out of the recall to try to make it fun. Now maybe they should just—that's not a re- bad idea either. It is, you know, if you if you know, it's not like Bugatti where they're going to fly a team out and yeah. you know send your seats back to Paris. Well, but, I mean, you have to do it anyway. Yeah. If not. By law, then yeah. by a good idea. Yeah. And you might as well try to increase your profile and upgrade your public image. Yeah. You can do both. Everything worked idea. except for the car company went out of business. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, they for, died a slow except, death, too. Except for that. So, yeah. hey, uh, we got a little music coming up, a little piano guy coming up, which means it's almost hey, time Keith for... Hey, Keith did a nice job, right? Oh, and, oh. What? Do you know Connie Murphy? Yeah. Connie Murphy said to say hello. Oh, uh, hi, Connie. 
he was at I was at the Arlington Retired Men's Club this uh-huh. week. Yeah. And Connie was there. And uh, how's he like? Is he good? I he seen looks him good. He looks good. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in charge of something. He was in charge of raffle tickets. Or if, I, something, if I had so. Connie's voice, I would be able to go places. Uh, when when it was time to adjourn the meeting, yeah, he was like, he was like, all of a sudden, you know, he, we were having. He had big pipes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah so. But yeah, he he just wanted to make make say make sure I said hello to you. Been a long, long, long time fan and supporter of the show. So yeah, absolutely. Said I love. Said him. he'd probably be listening right now. Probably which, is. Which uh, if he I, is, he'll call. Yeah. Well, good. I hope so. All right. I hope so. So, what's up with the Irish Hit Parade today? Um, it's I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. Don't know. Nothing. Yeah. I. N- Look at Den- what's Dennis doing. He's Dennis dancing De- or saying wrap Dennis it up. Doing, one of the Dennis other. Doing, he said wrap up, will you? Right, Stop yeah. talking. Be, be All right. expeditious. All right, so. Get out the, of there. The very best in Irish music coming up next with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade only here on AM 950 WROL 100.3 FM or the app WROLradio.com. Until next week, wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.